0: Nothing affects the future more than the stories we tell about the past. The stories we tell about the past are highly predictive because it dictates the way we see things, the way we see the world, the way we see ourselves, the way we see events, the way we see, therefore, the future. Nothing affects the future more than the stories we tell about the past and most of the stories we tell about the past contain a degree of uh, interpretation, perception. This perception of the past, whether it's through the eyes of a child, going back uh, to when we were kids in shorts and skirts, or whether it's the perception of a teenager or an adult who has been taught how to reinterpret the past, which is one of the more likely uh, scenarios that the person didn't really have a judgment or really didn't have some viewpoint of the past until somebody Quite unwisely gave them a viewpoint of the past compared to what it could have should have would have been had XYZ happened but the important thing is we, we, we have an ex- we have experiences in the past we have feelings from the past and we have interpretations of the past and those stories add up to our predictions and our interpretations and our feelings about the future so nothing affects us more than the stories we tell about the past. And therefore, when we are doing any form of a discard, looking at what do we like about ourselves and what we dislike about ourselves and all these sorts of things, we're really examining our interpretation of the past. The key to this conversation is not so much dealing with your judgments because you know that what you judge, you breed attract or become. So if a person judges, uh, as an example, uh, cruelty, that person will repress their cruelty, they will repress it, and they'll express the opposite, which is kindness, they'll try to be very kind always, and therefore they'll attract very cruel people around them. This. Is really important because when we do a discard form and we, we examine the whole concept of uh, what we judge it's really important to see that if we're going to be kind it would be wise to not have it on the back of an anxiety about cruelty otherwise the kindness is just going to be balanced by a cruel person in, in, in expression so what we repress The things we judge about others and ourselves we try to express the opposite so a person who represses their cruelty will express their kindness and that person who expresses their kindness will attract cruelty around them to balance them now you can still express kindness as long as you don't have a judgment on cruelty uh, and therefore it's not a repressed quality Nature does it all it can to teach us how to love ourselves. The other thing about this story is really important to realize is that as we uh, have a gift, we're born with a gift, we came into this world with a gift, we came in with a specific gift, and we don't have to do anything for the entirety of our life to be that gift. We may be a super kind person. We may be a super happy person. maybe be a super logical person. a super scientific person. A person with a great IQ or a person with a sense of privilege. Whatever that gift is, we came born in with. When we forget that gift and we try to get ourselves through events in our life, we say, "I got through something with strength. I used strength to get me through this. I used." Uh, or i used cunning or i used but we we actually used the gift to get through it and when we forget the gift nature gives us catastrophes disasters and humbling circumstances to bring us back to the gift and this is really important because if we don't forget the gift we don't have to have calamities, disasters and humbling circumstances that we think we use strength or something to get through when really we didn't have a choice but to get through it. So what nature does or the universe does, it delivers us an event which we have to get through. There's no choice. There's, there's the thought of suicide or there's a the thought of escape, but really we have to get through it. It might be a divorce, it might be a sickness, it might be a, a loss, financial loss and we go, oh rather suicide, but we don't. And for the majority of people, and a vast majority, work their way through it. And it's not because they're strong, it's not because they're clever, it's not because they're genius, it's because they've got no choice. They're in it, they've got to get through it to get to the other side. So I think it's really important for us all to realize that there is this, uh, there, the, 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 there is this gift and it 's the gift that gets us through so a joyful person will get through hardship by uh, remembering their joy a, a, a scientific person will get through their hardship by through the through their a- aspiration in science and so uh, it 's really important to connect stay connected to this aspect of ourselves and if if we 're born with it there 's not a lot of work in ha- in getting it what it is is There's a lot of work in removing the stuff that distracts us from it. So the second part of this conversation is firstly is about retelling our stories to make sure that they affirm a blessing all the way through the journey uh, and eliminate any sense that we're clever for having got through things. We had no choice and we used our gift and we will have no choice about the future. There will be blessing in that too and we will use our gift so any fear of the future is always created by a story of the past that's that's anchored in pain or anchored in excess or anchored in some form of strength to get through something and that's debilitating the second part of it is that through that the course of our life whenever we forget the gift that we were born with we forget this particular aspect of ourselves that's unique nature brings us a catastrophe a disaster and humbling circumstance that we have no choice but to work through And we can't work through it without the gift. The third thing is about maintenance. So if we don't want to forget what this gift is and we don't want to forget that we have it and we don't want to forget to use it, then there needs daily maintenance. And the daily maintenance of this gift, there is only one, and that is immersion and and witnessing of beauty in nature. The witnessing of beauty in nature is not always standing on top of a mountain in Nepal or on the beach at Bondi looking out at the horizon or watching the sunrise or sunset. This is gross. The witnessing of beauty in nature is to, as I do quite frequently at my own house, is to go sit on the front uh, steps where there are ants and there are lizards. These little ants have a heartbeat, they have little legs, they run along, they're tiny itty bitsy, any weeny teeny little things, they run along the, the front fence gathering whatever they do, and the lizards are hiding in the cracks and the lizards jump out. The lizards are only about five centimeters long, and they jump out, grab the ant, poof, and gone, and they're back in their hole before a bird can get the lizard. And so this whole magnificence of nature the concept of an ant the concept of a lizard the concept the beautiful shape of a lizard and if you pick a lizard up it'll bite you they, they, they haven't got strong enough jaws to make an impression but they try and so to s- i sit there sometimes for half an hour with a cup of tea and just watch this and it's in this micro uh, witnessing in, in micro exploration that you suddenly lose you lose yourself in the beauty of nature and it, what it does, it reminds you of your gift. You just sit there and you become you. you you're, you're, you're in the most profound place on earth when you immerse yourself for a few minutes, or uh, which is one of the reasons I advocate having a, an Instagram account during your 30-day challenge to go out in the morning, take a picture of nature and come back inside, connect with the universe every single morning at the start of the day. I think this this uh, concept is really important. I would say st- my estimation, and I could be uh, a little bit out, but not far, is about 70% of all mental health problems on the planet come from some form of practice of meditation. What people are trying to do is to uh, find inner peace or find calm, but not everybody's gift is inner peace and calm. So they're trying to find something that someone else has got but that's their gift. I think the, the fallacy of meditation is we're all seeking the same thing, and that is absolutely not true. We all have different gifts. I, when I go in the Himalayas, I meet uh, the monks. I've been going to Nepal for 45 years. Uh, I used to know the monks when they were kids, and now they're old. And they're still sitting in the temples, still sitting in the monastery, learning how to meditate. They still haven't got it. And yet, in Sydney, we have uh, uh, online or two day workshops to learn how to meditate. And people walk away going, I can meditate. I I learned how to sit in a room and breathe. That is not meditation. I bypassed that whole palaver of first century mind control of meditation. I bypassed it and I found a way for everyone to be able to uh, uh, gain the benefits that are espoused by meditation by going out in nature and witnessing the beauty in the smallest thing, in the smallest, smallest thing. And taking a picture of it, even with an iPhone, is exactly the outcome that a monk has been searching to achieve in in 80 years or so of sitting on a cushion the witnessing of beauty in nature connects us to the gift and the gift unique to ourselves is what gets us through life with a with a sense of blessing and therefore it's what gets us through the past and what gets us into the future and if we know this life becomes linear It's not about age. It's not about uh, how strong we are or how wealthy we are. Life becomes a straight line. And we know this gift. And we we don't use it. It uses us. But we have to maintain our connection to it. Otherwise, materialism or the worry about money and being disciplinarian and the worry about uh, uh, owning and not owning and jobs and not jobs, all that stuff consumes us and we forget the gift which means we attract calamities, disasters and humbling circumstances to bring us back on track. So all of this beautiful story it requires three things. One, make sure we tell the past in a in a story of blessing rather than a story of curse, because that dictates the future. Two, know the gift and recognize that this gift is unique to you and it is what will get you along the core of life it is your spiritual deep spiritual core and number three maintenance is to remember that to start the day to go out and connect to this piece of yourself this this gift requires that you go out and immerse yourself for rain, hail or shine for a few seconds in nature and not just be there but stop and look and watch and smell and listen and observe and take in the magnificence of something small, something easy. And if you're somewhere in the Himalayas, something huge or on Bondi beach, this magnificent horizon, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, for that period in the morning, you you witness the beauty of nature this is Chris. Have a beautiful day.